High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Special shout out to you A-list actors out there, you know, aspiring to be something a little bit more in one of your early roles. This is a special Monday edition of High School Slumber Party, the podcast where me and some friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some iconic high school-centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and the study session's at my place this evening. But first, school is still in session, and we have some homework to chat about. This was your assignment, and I would like to see the results. First things first, got to get my homework out of the way, and that's to remind you that you should follow High School Slumber Party on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, because class participation is a huge part of your grade. Hit me up, slide into my DMs. And of course, remember... Whatever app you're listening to us on, whether that be Google Play, whether that be Stitcher, whether that be Spotify, whether that be Apple Podcasts, please hit that subscribe button. It helps us so much. If you can, leave us a five-star rating. Write us a review. But of course, the best way you can help out High School Slumber Party is by telling a friend about all the things we're doing here. And speaking of friends, I hope all you friends out there are happy and healthy. And I, of course, want to give a shout-out to our healthcare heroes out there who have been amazing during this time period. But, you know, i got to ask you guys something. i got to ask you something really important. Have you been doing your homework? Have you realized that High School Slumber Party is now twice a week, Monday and Friday? Well, of course, you're here. <laughs> and last Friday's episode was a really fun one. We were with Shawnee Mead all the way from Australia. Well, she was from Australia. I was obviously here self-quarantining. I wish I was in Australia. And we talked to Princess Diaries. That was a really fun episode. Had a blast chatting with her. She'll be on again soon. You definitely want to check that one out. But this week, you had an easy homework assignment. So easy, because you didn't have to pay for the movie. The movie is in public domain. It's on YouTube, and I know it's obscure, but it's called Flying. It's called Dream to Believe. It's called I Dream of Flying. It's called, what's the other one? Teenage Dream. You could find it easy. And if you didn't, listen, I say listen. 
Watch it on YouTube, then listen to this episode. It's going to be so much more fun. This is an early Keanu Reeves film. And of course, we have some great people on today. And that's your other, other, other homework assignment. Because these guys talked about this movie on Keanu Club, which is another great show on my network, the Cage Club Podcast Network. Listen to the original episode on flying, and then listen to this one. And of course, our guests today are Joey Lewandowski, The Godfather, the super senior Mike Manzi, and Jordan Poland Clark. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Guys, don't forget, the bell doesn't dismiss you. I dismiss you. And you may be being homeschooled right now, but I brought the bell home with me. Don't forget that. Oh, and I haven't really talked about this lately, but it's still on my mind. Trust me, I think about this every day when I curl up in my sleeping bag. John Cusack is still blocking us on Twitter. If you want that extra credit assignment, get us to unblock us. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to leave you with a glorious tune from the Flying soundtrack that I literally just ripped from YouTube. Not even sure what it's called. But put on your favorite jammies. Tell your mother you're having a study session with Brian because we're about to get our study party on. Still working on it. Class dismissed. today yeah big class today i'm excited this is one that i've wanted to do but i think it's more one that you guys have wanted to do i'm just happy to provide the platform if i don't say any more words the rest of this episode that's totally fine how could you i mean i understand (laughs) some people could be rendered speechless by this but you have to say something because if you don't we will accidentally make the same podcast we've already made about this and we shouldn't do that so four year anniversary of that podcast four years ago if you want to relive that moment that's fine that's okay this movie's I mean, I'd never heard of it before the history you guys have with it, but it's one that I, like I said, I definitely wanted to do because, you know, rumor has it, and I haven't listened to actually that episode in a while. Okay, good. I was going to listen to it today. I'm like, I don't want to like spoil that. I don't want to like ruin things for me. I I want something organic to kind of happen today, but this was a surprise to everyone. And, you know, Keanu Reeves, of course, Keanu Club, that was the first episode on the network about this, but before any of that... Before any of that, because I keep forgetting this these days. Please, introductions. I guess Mike Manzi as, as the... Seniority. Elder, yeah, as the, <laughs> as the class senior. Why don't you go first? Right, I'm like the fifth year senior at this point. <laughs> um, like Elvis in King Creole, by the way. Great Elvis movie. Uh, Mike Manzi, uh, RHS, class of 97. Go Maroons. That's all, right? That's that's it, right? Yep. Am I you forgetting did. something? Okay. <laughs> I, felt, I felt like I did something wrong, Teach. <laughs> no, you did it right. I was just waiting for the next person to go. Are we going in order? Because then I'm next. Sure. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jordan Poland-Clark, uh, West Orange High School, class of 2004, go Mountaineers. I still don't know what a Mountaineer is. It's more clear than a maroon, hmm. but that's another podcast for another day. I would just have to wager it's like an American Mountie, maybe? Yeah, <laughs> sure. Your guess is as good as mine. I haven't looked it up since the last time I've done this, and I'm not going to, so. 
All good. Joey Lewandowski, hundred and Central Regional High School class of two thousand six. Go Red Devils! Wow, awesome. proper proper mascot there. <laughs> That's a proper Jersey mascot. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And all three of you have been on previously, so we don't need to get into your own high school experiences, unless you remembered some random story. I don't know. But but we're going to devote time here to talk about a movie with three names. Flying, a.k.a. Dream to Believe, a.k.a. Teenage Dream. No, a.k.a. I Dream of Flying. I Dream of Flying? There's four. There's four four names? Oh, my God. Okay, i got to put that in my notes. It's unprecedented. I Dream of Flying. That's how you know it's good. (laughs) I just think of all the territories it was renamed for across the globe, you know? Like, this movie. (laughs) The other way you know it's good is by the DVD itself talking to you saying, this digital video disc is... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> manufactured to the highest quality standards. Is it? We found the best VHS copy and <laughs> made it. I like made a disc. one of you. One of you sent a really good VHS cover that I had never seen before. Oh, yeah, there's that's, tons. That's the copy. There's so many, watched. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the orange American Dream copy with shirtless Keanu on the cover. I, I equate it to like the greatest stories ever told. Mike, you and I were recently on The Last Temptation of Christ for Kyle's show. Oh, yes. And, and you know how like the Bible or like has like what Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, like four different authors. You have mm-hmm. like so many different like King Arthur legends, right? Like this is maybe in the pantheon of great stories that it has to have different names. For all the cultures <laughs> that the it, retellings but... <laughs> over the ages. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, I did just compare this movie to the Bible, but whatever, that's cool today. I want you guys to give a little bit of background of how you first talked about this film, how you discovered this film, because again, I would not know this film existed if it wasn't for your earlier efforts. Well, it was so for. Keanu, I don't know if y'all you all don't do this this way anymore, I don't think, but there used to just be spreadsheets and y'all would be like, we're doing a new podcast, go sign up for your movies. And I signed up for a couple Keanu movies and you were like, oh, there's, there's some left, go look. And I was like, so I was Googling them and I typed in this one and I was like, wait, there's a movie about gymnastics? That's the <laughs> one. <laughs> So I signed up for it. This was kind of uh, one of the first feature-length ke- movies that Keanu was in as well, too. So, like, before this, Joey and I were really dealing with, like, all these sort of back-to-school specials or guest shots or what I don't even know what else TV series. It. Yeah, TV series episodes and things. So uh, while he's not the lead, he is sort of like, you know, he's a very big co-star in this movie. He's sort of like right, it right does at the very seem beginning. Like... It does seem like there's maybe a different edit of this movie that is a lot more about him. Or, like, there are parts of this movie that feel like it's, like, he thinks he's the star of this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy. Yeah, but at least I don't drool anymore. Hey, Tommy! In a minute, Leo. Why are you out so late? Got a detention from Miss Donna Bukowski. Oh, not again. Yeah. She said she didn't want me to wear clothes like this in her class. So I, uh, took them off. <laughs> oh, you didn't? Yeah, right down to my underwear. Miss <laughs> Pikowski turned this really neat shade of purple. It's kind of artistic. I agree. I think there's a longer cut somewhere, and we'll get into it later with the mother stuff. I think there, there is where it was really fleshed out towards the end that they just were like, nope, <laughs> cut it, but... But wait, so yeah, that was my question for you all, because I was reading the Wikipedia again today, and the Wikipedia for this movie says that it is his first 
movie. Is that true? Yeah, is that true? Is it like maybe first theatrical movie? There's no Perhaps. way that this made it in the theaters. This apparently like did. A... I, re- I read some. In- <laughs> I read some interviews. Apparently, Cineplex Odeon Cinemas decided to release it across their cinemas one summer. Okay. So, <laughs> so this was this was the eighth. This was the eighth thing that we did on Keanu Club, which means that it was the eighth thing chronologically on IMDb. But before this, we have Young Again, which is as much of a quote-unquote real movie as this one is. We mm-hmm. have Act of Vengeance, which is kind of right. the after-school it's special, a... but that's also with Charles Bronson, mm-hmm. so like, that's a real movie. Yeah. We have Youngblood, which is like a legitimate, like, that's a movie there movie. There it is. Yes, yeah, Sipping Tea with Miss McGill, yeah. Yeah, and then we have, like, One Step Away, Letting Go. Those were after-school specialties. Then we have uh, Going Great and Night Heat, which were TV shows. So, like, at the very least, if you're considering this a real movie, this is, like, second or third <laughs> or fourth. But they were they were all in 1986. So, like... If IMDb's dates are wrong, or maybe it was, I don't know. Like, I guess you could well, argue possibly, but I don't think, I, I wouldn't say this is as. This his was first shot movie. in 1984. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. So maybe they're counting that. It was actually shot two years before it was released. Oh, so then maybe, because Going Great, his TV series was in 1984, then nothing else was in 84. So this maybe, maybe was the first thing he acted in, but definitely not the first thing oh. that he released, though. Yeah, and it's probably somewhere where, like, something came out that he was in, probably Young Bloods or something, and then this. The distributor's like, hey, we have a movie with Keanu in it. Like, let's finally put this out, you know? And, like, let's actually put him on the cover and mislead everybody and make him think it's his movie. <laughs> oh, I love when they do that. Oh, no, but, you know, it's so glorious. And, of course, Jordan, you have a gymnastics background, correct? Yes, I was a gymnast until I was, like, 17, a competitive gymnast. And then I, you know, have much history with circus after that that is ongoing. So I have three pages of notes about how incorrect the gymnastics is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I guess the first time it was on my radar was for Keanu Club. But it was in, like, such a mess. No, it's not your fault, guys. But, like, such a mess of these early Keanu projects that I was confused of, like, whether this was a TV show or a made-for-TV movie. But I think maybe the first or second time I had you on, Jordan, we discussed, like, oh, are there any gymnastics movies? And then you re-brought up this one. I'm like, oh, we have to do that again. And it's kind of been a recurring joke. And I have a lot of time these days. A lot of other people do. So I was like, this is the time to do it. And I'm, again... I'm so excited to do it. There's a lot of VHS copies, but I found one, and every week I read the back of the VHS. So, here goes. Keanu Reeves and Olivia Diabo star in this uplifting saga about a young woman's struggles with personal and physical challenges to become a champion gymnast. Robin encountered numerous hardships, from a difficult home situation to being treated as a social outcast at school. Throughout these misfortunes, Tommy provides Robin with the only constant love and stability. <laughs> Robin's determination comes from her love for her father, who was killed in a car accident. Carly and Tommy, her only loyal friends, and her dedication to becoming the best. This is a, this is an amazingly long back of the VHS. Too. It's very like long. A book. I'm only halfway through. Her dad died in a car accident. Wait, yeah. you, you missed that? Yeah, that was in the movie. That's though. how she got a knee injury. <laughs> Thank God for this back of this cover. <laughs> did you even, did you watch the bro? Did you even watch the movie? <laughs> back front to back, front to back. All right, let me, let me get through this. And by the way, this uh, copy says 1985. So who the fuck knows? Carly and Tommy are her only loyal friends, and her own dedication. To, wait, 
Well, that's not true because of Roy and Fred, but continue. Whatever, the sentence doesn't make sense. <laughs> After hours of personal training, hard work, and dedication, Robin excels to the level beyond her expectations. This is a heartwarming story of love, personal hardship, and success. And then it talks I, about the actors. So I was muted to leave you space to read that, but I was laughing hysterically the entire time. <laughs> just so everyone knows. I love when uh, when summaries get way too in-depth sometimes, but then this one just kind of cut right out. It's like, wait, we're revealing too much. Bail, bail. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, even this summary thinks this movie is about Keanu Reeves. Well, well I think I, it's okay. probably one of those that Mike and I have seen a lot on Cage Club and Keanu Club and maybe others, but probably not. Mostly those, I guess early, like the first Hanks movie or whatever, but like mm-hmm. you have a movie that no one is going to buy for any reason other than like Keanu Reeves is in it, right? So you put Keanu on the cover, you put Keanu's name all over the back and you're like, hey, this movie about Keanu Reeves and then you bring it home, you're like, what? No, it's got, he's in the movie <laughs> for like eight minutes. Like, what are you talking about? I mean, I mean he does not disappoint. I mean, at least he's that much great. can be said. He, yeah, yeah, he he's shows up. On. Right, but I can't imagine like, you know, I would be so bummed if I, if I was a gymnast and I came home and I was like, finally, like a movie about like what I'm into and I, and I put it on and it was this, I'd be like, oh, damn it. <laughs> I mean, most gymnastics movies feel that way. <laughs> uh, this one is at least fun to watch. The only other gymnastics movie I would recommend that people watch is Stick It. So this movie, actually, the beginning of this, and I don't know if you've seen this, Jordan, I don't know that it's a good movie. I think How Did This Get Made covered it, but there's the John Stamos movie, Never Too Young to Die which I think was on Amazon Prime for a while. I don't know if it still is, but the opening is, to this movie this morning. is basically the same as the opening to that movie, except the opening to that movie also has murder in it. Uh, but it's just, you know, <laughs> oh, high, that high, school, great. high school boys doing gymnastics like to an 80s synthy whatever soundtrack with no context for the first like three to five minutes. But you're also seeing a murder take place. Like it's, it's crazy. Okay, I'll watch that later. <laughs> Never Too Young to Die. It's funny you mention that because that was one of the recommended movies. Uh, I know this is free on YouTube and plenty of places, but I decided to rent it for 99 cents on Amazon because I thought the quality might be better. It wasn't, FYI. Oh, the DVD but, uh, quality is terrible too. Like, don't don't feel bad. <laughs> yeah, I ended up watching an actual VHS copy because I was like, I mean, screw it. <laughs> I own a DVD copy also. It's not with me, and I actually don't even know if I've ever watched it, but I have so many questions about where it came from and who made it. Well, this feels like, Brian, we've been talking – you know, off mic, and then you mentioned it on the episode most recently with Kate Hudson, hashtag the Hudson Five, where you were talking about, <laughs> or no, maybe it was, no, it was the episode, the Schuler episode of P.S. I Love Hoffman. Schuler. Just plugging all of your podcasts here. Yeah, thank you, Joey. But you were talking about companies like Vinegar Syndrome. Like, this is the kind of thing that, like, now that we have Rad coming to 4K, which, by the way, Robin's last name in this movie is Crew. The main star in Rad's first name is Crew. There's there's connection there. But, like, Rad is finally being saved from the 80s. Like, they need to save this movie. Somebody. It's true. Vinegar Syndrome or someone. Like, I feel like if How Did It Get Made had discovered it before us, this movie would be, you know, more widely known probably at this point i think i have i have posted on there because they have a board on the internet where you can suggest movies i have oh really on there i didn't know nobody cares i'm so upset that nobody cares Ah, bummer this also reminded me while we're on the topic of how this get made 
one character in particular, and I don't want to jump around too much because I know we need to get into great detail about everything, but the <laughs> main gymnastics rival in this movie continually reminded me of Judy from Sleepaway Camp. She is a Judy. She is so mean for no reason. She's like pretty brunette in the 80s, pretty brunette sense, but like with no other redeeming qualities, like never gets redemption. And she's just, she is the Judy of this movie, except she doesn't wear a shirt that says whatever her first name is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of 80s movies have a Judy, but you're right. I think she's a particularly good one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, again, we could talk about whatever here because there's not much scholarship on this film. I know it's in the public domain, so no one should have any issues if you're a vinegar syndrome of producing a newer restoration of this. Well, that, well that's like a flag right there that it's in public domain. That means what, <laughs> how can nobody own this? Like that that's so weird that the copyright would lapse or the rights would even to the music too. That means that the people who made this weren't even interested in like keeping the rights to it. Was that's this made bizarre. in Canada or the United States? Because like it takes place in Niagara Falls, which we don't know until the very end, other than the like the constant in the early opening, like the setup like Buffalo Bills centric space and time yeah. and place. Yeah. Like, so you... it was shot in Canada. Okay. You know, a very Canadian film. But as many Canadian films do, and Mike, we've talked about this when we've talked about some other movies, including one I'm going to mention pretty soon. They try to make it seem like it's either ambiguous or that it's in an American town. And, you know, Buffalo, Niagara Falls, that's great to pick because it's so close. It's not like, oh, we're in Florida, you know? Like, it, you got to make it seem like it's somewhat plausible. So, yeah, just to answer your question, shot in Canada does take place not far from the Canadian border, but in upstate New York. Joey, you just, somebody just mentioned the music. I didn't look that hard and also don't know how easy it is to find, but it seems like this is original music for this movie. Oh, yeah. Question mark? Mm -hmm. There's no way it's (laughs) not. Seeing as every song is literally narrating what's happening in the montage. This is just a movie of montages for the most part. So many montages. And every every one, except there's one song that does not have any lyrics, but every other one is just narrating what's happening. It's terrific. And, you know, I'm sure, like, the only available soundtrack is if you recorded this off the TV yourself at this point, too. Which so, like, that's... <laughs> I love... There's one song that gets repeated twice also, and it's a great song. Yeah, it's... the one, like, Flying High. I think that's the one you're talking about, because that one gets... I thought it was even three times, that song. I'm going to rip the entire movie off YouTube and find these songs somehow, so don't worry. Oh, I'm not worried. (laughs) So the one note I have is the director, Paul Lynch, directed a film you and I, Mike, talked about on this very podcast, Prom Night, the original, with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Wow. That kind of makes sense for two reasons. One, this movie feels really out of touch with its subject matter in the same way that like Prom Night 1 kind of does. <laughs> and this is almost shot like a horror film would be. Yes, we've uh, talked about that. Yeah. We talked about that last time. There are many shots in this that for no reason belong in a horror film. Like the scariest dry cleaner in the history of small businesses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there should not be jump scares in this film, but there are. But they're funny. Exactly. I really think they're funny. <laughs> <laughs> and the last thing I'll say about Prom Night, or last couple things, is that that was a Canadian film as well mm-hmm. that kind of tried to have like an ambiguous American setting. And it was also something where they had music like this. Like, remember the the theme to Prom Night? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I guess this director <laughs> just likes to make his own music and... 
do his thing. And Well, that was a great thing about the 80s that, uh, you know, is kind of creeping back into film is just songs about what you're actually seeing on screen, you know, like, <laughs> right? Like, I feel like the turtle rap largely... and the Ghostbusters stuff. It's like, there they are, busting ghosts. You're watching it happen and we're singing about it at the same time. Yeah, I feel like it was largely reserved for a movie to like even like, either have a theme song or like it would be like in the credits would then recap the whole movie. And this movie, they were just like, fuck it fill it up it's okay yeah this is this is more like um you know like a godspell or a musical right where it's like there's someone wrote a book of music specifically for this movie and then it's all sort of in the same vein and it's and it really kind of needs like there's the first half of this truly feels like it might be a musical besides the fact that they're not singing in the movie but it really needs that because the dialogue's not good like and there's not a lot of it and it's not good so i'm glad they didn't write more so she'll know you're horny (laughs) such a canadian joke i feel like (laughs) oh man i love it quickly just this cast obviously we mentioned keanu reeves what's her name from the wonder years olivia diabo what's her name from the wonder years (laughs) god okay she's the star of this movie (laughs) i know but i wasn't thinking oh what you know i wasn't thinking of her as an actor i was just thinking by the way I don't know if there's no reason that Jordan or Brian would have any reason to know this. I told Mike later on a Keanu Club, Olivia Diabo does one of the voices in the Animatrix, that short series of short films oh. that tie into the Matrix universe. She's the voice in one of them. And we're just I'm just like scrolling through IMDb. I was like, Olivia Diabo? Like what do you like it's the weirdest Keanu Nexion, key Nexion that you could ever possibly imagine. Because it feels like I mean, she's adorable in this movie. Just I don't know anything else. I'm not really familiar with her career otherwise. So for her to pop up again in another Keanu thing was like mind blowing to us. Joey, I think it's funny too, because you and I just did uh, the way back and you caught the dad from the wonder years. He's great. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, Mike, you were saying, Oh no, I, I loved the wonder years as a kid and I crushed on her hard. So like, you know, she was Kevin's older hippie sister and she was beautiful in that, in that show. Right. And you know, and like I was, I don't know couple years younger but like when we watched this movie and i realized it was her that like kind of blew my mind the first time around i was like holy shit i never realized she was like a movie actress or anything i just thought she was in the wonder years and that's all she ever did so it was funny seeing her pop up does this qualify her as a movie actor though well i mean technically it's it's (laughs) technically a movie i I learned today when i googled her that she was once engaged to julian lennon oh Oh. that's interesting that's cool Hmm. Okay. Like to know the story there. <laughs> Julian Lennon, the the first Lennon son, right? Yeah, he was yes. in. He there's a cage connection. He's actually in Leaving Las Vegas. He's in a scene at the bar. Really? At the end. Yeah. Huh. I think someone from the Clash is in that scene too. But anyway. A- anyone else you recognized here from other things? I thought I recognized the coach, but then I realized it was just from the first time I watched this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, like she left that much of an impression? Where I was like, where do I know her from? I mean, oh, she's nothing. A lot. <laughs> Wait, like, you mean David Bowie from Stardust? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And between that and her accent and her coaching style, uh, she's, I like her. What's she, she's in the wrong movie. I don't know. What a great motivator of young people. Oh, she's like, yeah, you will go and get a gold medal and I won't accept like anything less. It's like, whoa, she's just like super strict. She's actually had like a big career. Um, not a big career, but like she's done stuff. It's like she has a clickable IMDb, and that's all I need. <laughs> 
But I hadn't really recognized her in anything. Apparently, she's in Dr. Zhivago. I know that's a big film, so who knows? Um, wow. <laughs> I recognize the dad because he's in Tommy Boy, if any of you ever really? seen Tommy Boy. Where? Who? He, he's like one of the corporate guys. Like He has actually a lot of scenes in the movie. Like He has a couple... Like, you know, this is like no one cares parts of Tommy Boy. Like he runs the corporation when Tommy goes on the road. So he likes Oh, I don't remember that at all. Oh, so he works for Callahan. Yeah, yeah. like, oh, okay. uh, you know, there's like the bank guy. There's like a couple guys yeah, in like that yeah. boardroom. And he's the one who, like, you know, he, he, he speaks in the wedding. He speaks to the people when they're at the fair. But who would remember that part of at Tommy Boy? You know, that's not, not why you watch that film. But that was the only other place I've seen this guy. Everyone else I wasn't too familiar with. Apparently, Jessica Steen, who plays Carly, has been in a bunch of stuff. When I looked her up, I realized, yes, she is in Armageddon. She's one of the astronauts who's not an oil driller, if that makes sense. <laughs> but, okay. <laughs> you know, they go up to an asteroid. They drill for oil and destroy. No, they don't drill for oil. They destroy it, right? Whatever. I don't know. But exactly. The point is, like, you have to really search for anyone who's been in this who's done things besides, again, for Keanu Reeves. You know, that's all kind of the background I have on this. So the floor is for everyone. You know, let's do our own little floor exercise and explore. I mean, I want to ask you first, because we've already spent like an hour talking about this. Like, what did you think of it? This, you had sort of built up the mythology of this movie a little bit in your head, you know, between listening to our episode and talking to Jordan about it. And you've been trying to get us together for a while now. Like, you sort of put a lot of pressure, I think, on this movie to be what you wanted it to be. Like, are you happy? Are you, did this pay off in the way that you were hoping it would? Um, I think so. I think so. Uh, I looked on, like, Letterboxd to see, like, you know, what other people thought of this film. And I'm like, oh, it's got, like, ten reviews. And maybe five of them were people I knew, not personally, or at least friends of friends. So clearly you guys have had a big impact on this film. Well, I will say that our, I don't know if he's been on this show. I don't think he has. I know he might've been, he's been on a third times. He's been on like a bunch of the podcasts that Mike and I do, but Austin Wolf Southern. Yeah. Uh, he wrote a long one. He on loves there. this movie. And the reason, one of the reasons that I reached out to him on Twitter, on, on Twitter via letterboxd was because when I was looking, I was watching again, how does it get me? Can't stop the music that village people, musical whatever that weird weird thing (laughs) and i was like i want to know who in the world has this as one of their top four movies on letterboxd and i went to that and there's like three people and like just two like random and then there was austin and austin's top four was something like can't stop the music flying vampires kiss and like some other and Spring Breakers or something. I was like, I don't know who this person is, but we need to be friends immediately. And I reached out and like, he's, you know, obviously awesome. He's been on a bunch of our podcasts, yeah. but he loves this movie. And it's because of this movie in a way that we're, we're friends now. Unapologetically, I might add, like you don't write as long of a description unless you really, really Oh yeah. He doesn't like movie. films like ironically, like he's more, you know, I've just, he's like a love it or hate a guy. And like, he means it when that review. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, so like I was watching this and my wife was coming in and out of the room and she's like, there was a lot of what the fucks. There was a lot of what's with this music. <laughs> Is that on Amazon? Why does it look that way? I think you kind of need to be in a certain mindset to watch this film. But I've been talking about this a lot lately, especially during all the podcasts I've recorded 
you know, since I've been home. This might not be something that's going to win an award, but this is definitely a slumber party movie, you know? Like, this is something you pop in with your friends, you're like, let's just laugh and talk about what the hell we're watching here. So, in that respect, I really enjoyed it. If I was going to put my connoisseur hat on and start nitpicking, you know the, the answer there. But I didn't have those expectations. I had expectations to have a good time, and God damn it, I had a great time. Good. Every time nice. I turn this on, I think, oh, it's not. You, like, you've seen this a lot of times. Like, so, you know, it's not going to be as good as you remember it. And it is every time. And I laugh <laughs> every time so many times. Oh, man. It just um, keeps on giving. But, like, I, I, I remember I was watching it this time, too, sort of trying to think, like, what's going to freak out Brian? Like, what are things that he's going to, like, kind of lose his mind over because, like, it's a high, you know, it's a high school movie, and this is a high school character. But like the things, some of the things that she does is like insane, you know, like going out at two in the morning or whatever to practice at like a warehouse. <laughs> you know, I could like talk things about like, that scene for six hours right now. My <laughs> favorite scene is when they go to like the McDonald's type like burger joint and they have the um they know, have a gym, tumble off they have the tumble off you know like you yeah, know who you've doesn't seen that remember that right who but but like you've the seen scenes of... like that a hundred times by now but you know did you ever think you'd see them put a new twist on something like that right like that is you know that's like drag racing it's the same sort of exactly you know, i was gonna say it's like american graffiti but there's a gymnastics off at the, you know, the burger spot. I was like, what? And I love how a crowd starts to gather. Not that it wouldn't, but the crowd was starting to gather like they were watching a fight at a dock. I think if that happened in real life, people would gather more like, oh, this is interesting. This usually doesn't happen. Wow, they're super talented, you know? And and not, they're like, yeah, rooting on like for like, you know, almost for blood, I felt like. It yeah, like, awesome. they were immediately on board with it as a competition, even though they haven't been watching the movie with us, so, like, they don't actually know that these two <laughs> people are enemies. Well, the way gymnastics is portrayed here, it's like it's the only sport in existence. Like, we never hear or see about any other sports, really, and, like, everybody at the end of the meet is, like, on their feet, like, you know, screaming and and yelling like it's a like it's the NBA or something. Well, I will say that like if you're in a school like for instance the school where three of us went to college, not very athletically inclined, right? But when we were there, their men's volleyball team, Division Three, was incredible. Like top four in the country, like nationwide, hosted the Final Four. Like, and you go to one of those things, and it's a big deal. And I feel like. It could feel as big as it does. Like, I don't have a problem with that. I don't think that's ingenuine because if you're at a school where there is greatness in any sport or in anything, just whatever brings your school pride, I think people are going to rally behind. And if you have, like, world-class gymnasts in a sport that, like, other schools don't care about, but, like, they're raising your school up, you're going to rally behind them. So I don't think that's out of – I mean, it might be unusual because it's not Joey, football I or basketball. Joey, I have to correct but... you, though. I, I have to correct you. Uh-oh. You couldn't be more wrong. This school hasn't had a gold medal in ages. I don't have to remind you that the state regional finals are just a few short months away. Every year in the past, the Flyers have managed to come out of those regionals without a single gold medal. I hope you're as ashamed of that record as I am. In the next few weeks, I shall be choosing three girls to represent this team at that meet. But let's get something straight right now. 
I'm looking for winners. Yeah, but I mean, that might be two and a half years for that British lady. Like, she, you know, she, might, she might think that, like, the fact that they didn't win last year is, like, inexcusable. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I also, have a, uh, just going to go ahead and say, we were not looking at world-class gymnasts. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but, were well, we say, even are, looking at are high you school saying, level? Are you saying that Jordan? It, there's what, Joey? Are you saying that Jordan? They're not world class within the real world observing them because, like, it feels like in universe they're the greatest in the world. Right, right, <laughs> right. And I'm here to tell you, there's no way that's true. <laughs> but she got a ten. Uh, yeah, and I almost got a ten once, and. <laughs> I was not a world-class gymnast. Okay, Jordan, I did have a technical question about that. Yes, what? So if, you know, we were at the Olympics, right? Like, is a 10 at the Olympics the same as a 10 at high school level? Like, No, okay, so okay. first of all, a 10 at the Olympics is not a thing anymore. That's a scoring system that got scrapped, like, at least 10 years ago at this point. Okay, so, so a 10 that's not in, even a the, thing anymore. A 10 in the 90s or a 10 in the 80s, I mean. Right, okay, so... So the, so the way that gymnastics works is that you compete within a league and there are several different leagues that have several different rules and levels and whatever. So if you're going to go to the Olympics, you compete for USA Gymnastics, which is like a hot mess right now. So bad. Go Google it. It's really bad. They've been abusing gymnasts for years and letting abuse happen for years. They suck. But if you want to go to the Olympics, that's who you compete for. So... But there's levels, right? So they do levels 1 through 10. And then there's other, like, more recreational leagues that are not as serious, where the scoring is the same, more like, yes, it's still out of a 10, but the leveling might be different, the judging might be different. And then high school gymnastics is, like, its whole own other thing that as far as – I actually know – I don't know that much about it. I did compete for my high school, like, many, many years ago, but it was, like, totally made up and weird. Um (laughs) So, but that too is like a level-based system, and then there's a scoring system within that, right? So, like, there's different requirements based on what level you're on. Gotcha. So it's not. Hmm. Yeah, no, it does because like it's not like her scoring a ten on that last floor exercise would like shock the world. It's just it's a ten in that realm, right? It's not like a ten. Like it, it, okay, it seems that, all relative, you know, depending. It, yeah, on... Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. You know, because like if a basketball, a high school basketball player scores like a hundred points, it's people know about it around the country, like recruiters, because obviously it's not as hard as the NBA, but it's still kind of the same. All college basketball is the same, right? So like. And it's not that far removed from the NBA, whereas it seems like with gymnastics, there's a lot of variables depending on the situations and stuff. It, yeah, would, be like, it would be like if they moved the free throw line, like depending on the night on the NBA or something. Well, I mean, they do adjust the three-point line. I don't want to get too deep in the weeds here, but I think that like comparing 100 points, which has only been done professionally once to a perfect 10, but it'd be more like, I think, you know, somebody getting like routine triple doubles. Like you might not hear about that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like, there's levels, there's tiers. It's not like you're setting an all-time record. Right. It's just like you got a score for what you did, but that doesn't really indicate anything about the skill level of what you did, except that you did it really clean. Right. Maybe it's maybe it's the equivalent of like a high school pitcher throwing a no hitter like they happen all the time and you're facing other high schoolers. But like you're doing the best at the level that you're competing, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're world class. Is that fair, Jordan? Yeah, I think so. And I think like in gymnastics, maybe even more than other sports is like there is space 
like if you're in the same grade or the same age or whatever that doesn't really have anything to do with your skill level like let's say if we're talking about levels one through ten I could be in a high school class with somebody who's a level 10 and their skill level would be way way higher than me and I could be like a level six and my skill level would be way lower than them and we could go to the same meet where we compete different routines not necessarily against each other but I score higher than that person gotcha yeah I know a lot of people listen to hear this part and I think it's important. No, I'm kidding. Who, who, who's like, though, like listening to this episode and not curious about this stuff? Because I think if you watch this movie, you have questions, but like good questions. So I do appreciate that knowledge. I mean, what do you guys want to talk about, though? Like, what are some of your favorite scenes? Like Hot dogs. It... Hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, this was uh, the first iteration of Jordan's hot dog fetish on air. I the first time I watched the Okay, you remember the part with the hot dog? Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Then so, the great montage. <laughs> so, the first time I watched this, that made me laugh so hard that I had to pause the movie until I was done crying, and then I put the movie back on. Like, I just could It was the funniest thing I had ever seen. I mean, he stacks that hot dog with so much but, stuff, wh- and, like, just, like, the look wh- on like, his face, he's scared. It, <laughs> why are they making those faces at each other? Why do we, are we going back to this hot dog over and over again? Like, that a human <laughs> being, a human being was like, this is what we're shooting right now. And then they very seriously were like, yes. Just, like, why? Why? <laughs> It's so glorious. It just, it just is. Their whole, like, relationship is amazing. Like, it's parts of it feel so real, right? Where it's like the person who <laughs> likes you, you don't like them, but then you start liking them, but they don't like you, and then you finally get together. But then in this case, like, they end up, like, going on, like, this whirlwind tea-sipping romance at Keanu's house. But, like, yeah, like, up until that point, it felt pretty, like, genuine to me as far as, like, high school relationships go yeah i don't because at the beginning of that montage they're in a fight yeah it starts with a fight i'm like wait a minute what this is like their their first date or whatever and it's like it starts he's like accusing her of like accusing him he's so angry he's very angry (laughs) poor tommy and then it's like oh was he kidding for the what seems to be an hour in this montage Because then in the middle of the montage, which is a montage, so, like, we don't know what they're talking about. There's no words. (laughs) Just all of a sudden, they laugh at each other, and then everything's fine. (laughs) It's almost, again, it was almost like he was messing with her for half of a day. You kind of, like, lip read, and she's, like, pleading with him. I don't know why she would, as they, like, go on various things. And then eventually it leads to, uh, like, you know, I think you were saying, Mike, like, just this beautiful romance where uh you know eventually she ends up staying at his place and, does she uh, move in with him that's always been unclear <laughs> they, to me. they play they play house for like a weekend i think is yeah, what's going but, on but no but she's homeless like she well that's what i want to talk about like so this movie has one of the world's most economical cuts from scene to scene i think i've ever seen in my entire life she gets a call at the rock club that her mom's in the hospital and then and then the very next shot we're at the mom's funeral 
that was gold. Like this time around, Jordan, I had to pause the movie, <laughs> and I was, and I actually rewound it because like it was so unbelievable too, and I had to like figure out what happened again and everything. Like that was genius. But that also is wherein lies what I think is like a missing ten minutes. Well, there <laughs> is. It does. It is set up sort of, and then immediately dismissed when. Olivia Diabo goes to their, her, you know, she returns home and she's telling her mom about the gymnastics team. She's telling her mom about Keanu. And then she's like, wait, I heard you didn't go to work today. And her, like, I heard you were sick. And the mom's like, oh no, I'm fine. I was just playing hooky. And then like the next scene is where we hear that she's in the hospital. So like, I don't know why you would include in your script a line where mom, I heard you were sick. No, 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 that's not the case, and then boom, dead. Like it feels- no, no, they set it up before that though too. There's a part at the like pretty close to the beginning where she's like, "Mom, I picked up your pills for you." Oh my and god, I missed it. She's like telling her that she like shouldn't be working at the dry cleaner. That's making it worse. And her mom is just like, "It's fine." They they set it up before that too. Okay. Because I always I just assumed that the mom was you know like because this is the stepdad's the guy who's running the dry cleaners right if I'm not yeah, mistaken I think yeah so. like he's like a super abusive guy so I just assumed like he was an abusive husband and uh, I didn't wasn't picking up on that so it kind of came out of the blue to me because I thought she was like trying to ditch work so she didn't need to be around him any more than she really had to but that's why she ends up homeless too is because she doesn't want to stick around and live with her stepdad who's like this big dumb slob. Uh, and so she runs away, and yeah, she hasn't even graduated high school. She doesn't know what's what the, what 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 lies ahead. But at least she's got a bed for the night with Keanu. <laughs> did Did you like that scene? Which one? I just described like three or something. No, 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 the, the tender love scene. Oh, so it's it reminded me that we used to refer to Keanu love scenes as sipping tea with Miss McGill because of the movie Young Bloods. But uh, that, no, I never, no, that doesn't, I, I mean, I, I feel like this hasn't come up in a while, Brian, but I remember being on your show and being like, yeah, I don't like watching teenagers being romantic in movies anymore. Like, it doesn't, like, there's an icky sort of quality to it. And you I don't. don't. Think, and this, this one was playing it up, like, pretty hard. You don't. They, I mean, she's so overly sexualized for the entire movie, and it's, like, so hot and cold. Like, they dress her in all these baggy clothes, and she's, like, this really cool badass, and, you know, her body is very hidden, and then they go, like, so far in the other direction, where, like, every time she's working out or training, she is disgustingly over-sexualized. Like, her cleavage is out. She's, like, all sweaty. There's, like, so many shots of just her butt. And, like, ha- yeah. half of them, I think, are because they use stunt doubles. And so they couldn't put her face in it. So instead, they just shoot her butt. It's so yeah. gross. Then there's that really dis- well, I mean, it was disturbing for me, but like she's in the mirror and she holds the Playboy up to her chest. I forgot. And it's like that's, the fake breasts. That's like, one of oh. my favorite parts of the movie. and i forgot that it was gonna happen and then like during the sex scene i was like oh my god that's in this movie i got really excited (laughs) but but like i agree that it's also pretty gross and like they're uh but like just that someone came up with that and then they did it like i can't i can't even (laughs) it's you know, rather f- fascinating. Again, in a movie of montages, the level of montage is interesting because there's, there's sports montage, right? There's sexy montage. 
There's just motorcycle yeah, there's just montage. Date, yeah, dating montage. Oh, that's right. She like dresses up like Pirate Jenny from like New Watchmen and like goes on the motorcycle. Like, and I was like, what is going on here? Why is she like a superhero now? That was crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's. It's fun, but it's also, like, yeah, Jordan, I really did pick up on that as well. Uh, and you see that in a lot of high school films, especially, like, of this era. I I, I don't know. It's it's creepy, <laughs> certainly. Even when it's her, even when it's not just a stunt double, even when it's her, anytime she gets changed, it's like a lingering shot of her, like, taking off everything and like you know just then she- and it's not just her either you know like she has that one friend who goes all jesse spano on her at one point carly. With, yeah, yeah it's carly it's the other gymnasts i feel too like i mean well, part of it that's... has to be just like they're filming gymnastics right so like some of it i can understand is unavoidable but when you have like a slow shot of someone on an exercise bike like that is yeah that's lingering and that's like not, I'm going to be serious for a second, but, you know, gymnastics is a sport that is built on the destruction of little girls' bodies. And then on top of that, they become women who are not all of them women. A lot of them are still under 18. They become girls and women who are then in the media and judged in, you know, the bazillion different ways that we judge women and make them feel like shit about that it's like it's a disgusting sport and thankfully like some of that is changing but like under that like hundreds and hundreds of women have been literally sexually abused for years and mentally abused on top of that because the training is so challenging and like they literally don't get to have a voice about their training about their body about any of it and so then to like see that and like how that's reflected in this movie is like very gross so would you say it was accurate then in this film or Uh, i mean no i mean no one's gonna wear a leotard that their cleavage is coming out of (laughs) Um, fair fair but you know and i mean and the other thing too that's is like the i think they're all women i think everyone was over 18 in this um they have women's bodies too right like if you look at like gymnasts that's generally not true and if they do have women's bodies there's like you know all kinds of comments about that as well but it's like really unusual to see gymnasts shaped the way a lot of these actresses were shaped gotcha i mean that that definitely makes sense sad but i mean it's one of these things where i don't know well i'll ask you jordan how much do you think these filmmakers like knew about gymnastics as weird as that sounds they really didn't it's like they (laughs) i'll give you an example (laughs) so I think they did enough research to be like, they did some because it's so at the beginning when Robin is first trying out for the team or like she's trying to be on the team or whatever, the coach says, okay, show me a free hip and a dismount. Okay, cool. Those are both real gymnastics things. Very standard, super normal thing to ask for. But then she goes to the bars and she doesn't do a free hip and she doesn't do a a real dismount. (laughs) So... (laughs) Like, I don't know. They have asked it. Like, it's definitely real gymnastics in there. And, like, some of the stuff that they're saying is real. But, like, nah. Here's another thing that makes me nuts every time. Okay. So, bars. Women's bars. 
have evolved over time to be farther apart so the way you use them has like evolved over the years and by the 80s the bars were far enough apart that a lot of the tricks that Robin in particular does like nobody was doing that in the 80s and then in this movie they go back and forth between like the old style and the new style without ever resetting the bars which like I know a normal person would never see but it's just like extremely <laughs> inaccurate what they're doing. Oh, it's a shame. It's a shame. I mean, I didn't know, obviously. No, I know but... nobody would. <laughs> but it's annoying cuz it's just like you don't have to do that. You could have just done a good job. You could have just like done a little research and been like, "Yeah, that makes no sense." But then it makes me have all kinds of questions about like how they got to those choices like I, yeah I don't know I wonder why they even chose gymnastics my like read on this has always been that like this was a big time for dance movies mm. and they do actually put a lot of dance in this which is also very inaccurate most gymnasts cannot dance the way she dances but I feel like they were just trying to like jump onto that bandwagon with like a little bit of a different lens you know oh certainly like there's a lot of flash dance vibes yeah. in, in this film Like, okay, so what exactly was she doing then when she was in, what was that, like a rug store? (laughs) The the warehouse? (laughs) Yeah, the big warehouse. Who knows? What was that? Everything she did was so insanely dangerous and made no sense. There's obviously a trampoline behind, like, because she does a bunch of, like, jumping over a thing, like, so clearly from a trampoline that we can't see. Just, like, what even? I'm so confused by that as well. Like, she's going through this whole routine and everything, but she's not on a team. She's not, like, getting ready to try out or anything. Like, this is just how she blows off steam is how yeah, I the, saw it. Yeah. You know? the game. And I don't know how she knows, like, the security guard, maybe through the bus driver somehow, because they seem to sure be That's good friends. That's kind of a creepy relationship, too. Or, like, it doesn't necessarily have to be, but, like... Yeah, guys, they could have done, like, a Doc Brown Marty thing, right? Like, you could have adult friends. Like, that's okay. And especially, like, a bus driver is, like, you know, harmless, I feel, for the most part. Like, that would make sense. But, like, the security guard at the rug factory like it's well they're friends because every black person in this movie is friends with each other don't you know that well that was (laughs) i wrote that down like like what does the casting of those two black men mean in this and like what what when you see like uh minority actors complain today about like the history of roles for them this is like a prime example this film I, i think i said this recently on a podcast but this is totally white people writing for black people here. Like, it didn't take me away from the movie, but when you put a microscope on that, it's kind of, like, fucked up. What are their names? Oh, I mean... Roy and Fred. uh, Roy Roy and Fred. Fred. I mean, like, it's very crazy because they go out of their way to make them non-threatening by having them being friends with with her, the main actress, right? The one who we're on the side of. And it's like, oh, these are the only two people in her entire world that, like support her and give a shit about her i mean even to the point where like they're giving each other like piggyback rides i'm like what what kind of fucking bond did they establish we never really find out but like yeah it's just you know it's like don't be afraid of them whatever you do and it goes back to that trope right like that trope of like uh black people playing almost like fairy godmother characters these guys certainly are that i mean they're, they're good they protect her from her stepfather who tries to attack her and stuff and they teach her some of the most valuable lessons in the entire film. 
But uh, it is interesting. Like one guy takes her to Niagara Falls, and that's where she learns how to like follow through with it and stuff. That's where she learns how to get her ass across the falls. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, did you guys like that uh, sequence? <laughs> the whole Niagara Falls thing, and like I didn't feel like that story was that inspiring of like the the tightroping guy, Blondine or whatever. I guess I mean like I'm sure that dude was talented, but I don't know how it related to the gymnastics feat she had to do. His name was Blondie, and he was the greatest acrobat that ever lived. He walked that wire across the falls a hundred times. Fog, ice, rain, he survived it all. He didn't know fear, and nobody ever duplicated what he did. Blondin didn't think about winning or losing, and he wasn't worried about beating anybody. When he was doing all those amazing things, do you know the one thing he was thinking about? Just getting his ass across the falls. That's all. Getting his ass across the falls. Now you think about that before you go back into the auditorium. Yeah, I don't know. I just watched some guy this. Did you guys watch this summer? The guy tightrope across a volcano. Was it like Belinda? I guess. I mean, it made yeah, it made Niagara Falls look like you know a drop in the bucket. So like at this point in history, that story didn't really have any any weight to it or anything. I was just more like. Why did they, how far away was Niagara Falls? Because she like had to hurry to get back to the competition, but yet Roy was already there or Fred or Fred and Roy, but I don't know. It was all very confusing as to like why they took that extra trip, except to say we actually went to Niagara Falls in this movie. (laughs) Well, that's, you know, Buffalo High School, the Buffalo Flyers, the Niagara Falls. I don't know what their team was called. It was just like made up high schools. If like you and I looked at a map, of upstate New York, like that Niagara area, like we would just make up team names and make up. Well, like know. I wondered if you wrote those down because you know the mascot thing on your show and all that. <laughs> I only wrote down the flyers. Here's can I say two things from this that are my favorite thing that we have not talked about yet? Oh, absolutely. One is that I actually do appreciate that they try to make some of the Dick characters a little bit more complex they do it with her sister or stepsister some oh yeah and when they're having a moment in the dry cleaners alone late at night her sister smokes a cigarette puts it out on the floor of her family's business and (laughs) leaves it there (laughs) (laughs) i didn't catch that i love it every time and then Robin gives a speech that makes me cry every time. I love how Robin is just like the personification of like, you just got to stick to it and all this kind of thing, like work at it and you'll get it. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's Olivia Which Diablo. Which is like the like... biggest lie we've ever been told also. <laughs> right. So fuck that. It's like her Cinderella story and at times it truly feels like that fantastical. <laughs> but so then the other thing that I love is that she runs, she does not run like an athlete. It's another thing that nobody else would ever notice. But like, you watch her run, there is no way she's a gymnast. And they show so many shots of her running in this. It makes me yeah, crazy. Yeah, I, I actually... I actually wrote that down. Both her and Keanu have some interesting, like, running styles in this film. And oh, well, Keanu is doing a lot in this movie with, like, his wardrobe, his voice. I love and... his clothes. They make no sense. A lot of interesting clothes in this film. Like, remember when she goes to the party? That's supposed to be a formal party. Oh, she doesn't yeah. realize oh somebody she... at that party literally says, I've never seen anything like this before. <laughs> <laughs> 
Brian, I feel like this scene came up like in, not this, of course, but like a scene just like this came up on a show I was recently on or something. But I feel like this is like this is textbook high school movie, right? Where you, oh, yeah. you just oh, humiliate yeah. the uh, the new girl or the new boy or something like that. I just don't know why she'd be like, oh, I got an invite to the party. Let me just go. I don't know anyone well, who's going. That was another but... great montage that was leading up with the shopping montage. Oh, yeah. That one's very problematic for two reasons. One, the homeless men out front the sal- like out front of the Salvation Army. Did you catch that? No, I didn't. So they're going into the Salvation Army to shop for their party outfits and just like laying outside on the front steps, like very prominently featured. There's just two homeless dudes, homeless looking dudes, like I don't know. But like, okay, so gross. Like you can't do that. No thank you. And then there's some Native American appropriation during that montage too. That's not cool. For a while when Kara and I were watching stuff for Wistful, I would keep a list of things that was like things you can't do in movies anymore. And like mm. this this had some of them. Just specifically what they were wearing? I, I really wasn't taking notes, so Yeah, they just like, you know, put some feathers on their head and like Oh really? Yeah. Ooh. So her friend didn't go to that party, right? It's just her? No. I mean, just me personally, if I was invited to a random party, I'd be like, hey, come with me. I know you're not in the... Like, you know, just... That that was kind of weird, but it was, you know... Mike, you're right. We see this in high school films a lot. Like, ha ha. Like, oh my God, how did this happen? You know, like, it didn't seem like we needed it too much, but it was fun. I thought there was like a popular guy who was dating... Her rival, right? He seemed like he was into her, and that really didn't get paid off. No, and he also kept appearing without his shirt for no reason for, like, a lot in the beginning of the movie, and then he just, like, kind of disappears. But he does seem into her. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. So any other moments you guys wanted to talk about or any other cool scenes? or Look, this is a forum. You might not get another four years to talk about this film. I do want to say that Mike and I just recorded our Catch Me If You Can episode, and that's all about... Leonardo DiCaprio as a Pan Am pilot, not all about, but a lot of it. And then Pan Am seemingly sponsored the gymnastics competition in this movie. There's Pan Am oh, yeah. artwork all over that gym. And Mitsubishi for some and, reason. And, and Coca-Cola. Joey, there's literally a scene in this movie where like an arm reaches into the frame and shakes a Coca-Cola at her as if to say, take this Coca-Cola, take it. Take it. <laughs> I don't know if we mentioned it earlier. The team name, I don't know if it's the entire school or just the team, but there are the Flyers, which I thought yeah. was wonderful. Um, That's the only one I wrote down. So. I don't know if it's the school or just like the gymnastics. Team. I wonder I mean, if that's would... where they got one of the titles of the movie from. Hmm. Flying. Well, she talks. She has a, a little lot about thing about flying, flying. Yeah. and then her mom yeah, le- leaves her the card with the bird on it. True. Yeah. There's a lot of allusions to flying and being in the air and such. Everyone pick their favorite title. Like, what's your preferred title to this film? Flying. Yeah, I think flying says it all, right? In the least amount of words. What? I forget what the other two are. There's Flying three others. and Dream to Believe. Teenage Dream. No. <laughs> that's the worst one. That's the one What's I watched. What's the other one? I Dream, I dream of, of Flying. I think that's a terrible movie title, but I think it's the most accurate title for this. I Dream of Flying? Yeah. Oh, wow. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like... A teenage Dream is terrible, but you got to have like Flight or Flying or something like that in the title at least, you know? I think the only other note that I have, and we talked about earlier, was the uh, how it's set in Niagara Falls, right? But it seems like one of the guys doesn't know what the falls is. <laughs> like, they mentioned, like, oh, she went to the falls. He's like, what's that? It's like, you live in Niagara Falls. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How, 
What what do you mean you don't know what it is? It's like saying, you know, if we're at Kyle's house, right? Kyle's apartment, the foodie films man himself. And you're like, oh, no, he went to the city. You'd be like, wait, what city? It's like (laughs) New York. It's right there. We can see it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, again, I I don't know. I think it was just trying to be funny. That was baffling. I almost wondered when they went there if those were... If those shots weren't stolen shots, you know, if they didn't have permit to shoot at Niagara Falls, there aren't like that many famous. Niag- I think of like Superman two and Vengeance of Love Story, the only other two movies I could think of right now about Niagara Falls. And I mean, one's very old, and one's a VOD eighties, one's a VOD cage movie that no one else saw <laughs> except for me and Joey. So I think there were uh, again a lot of Niagara Falls like movies back like when the movie studios were on the East Coast and they hadn't gone to California yet, and I think it yeah. just got tired of it. Going the office. barrels. The office oh, yeah, they, they made there. it there. So there's one thing we didn't mention that I feel like we have to before we wrap up, and that is the the milk prank, which oh, that is was almost, as, I was gonna, it's I was almost as good as Too Much Tuna, is uh, <laughs> milk, milk pants, but he sure pranked them. <laughs> I laughed out loud. So I noticed a lot in 80s and 90s high school films, as opposed to like high school films they make today, especially like you know Netflix and streaming ones. It's, like, cool back then for our protagonist to prank the antagonist in a mean-spirited way. Like, it's totally fine. But you never see that in a movie now. Like, they're too pure of heart to do that. And this is just another example of it. That's something, like, a bad person would do to somebody. But it was it was kind of okay back then in films. And today, like I said, no way you see something like that. They also talked extremely meanly to one of the lunch ladies and then about one of the teachers and i feel like maybe that also doesn't fly anymore oh yeah no you're absolutely right that's something i was like ah this is something the bad person would do not like our (laughs) protagonist yeah yeah keanu's like an avenger in this movie right and like you can never explain that side of the story to like the principal these days and be like well she deserved like they they deserved it like they're terrible (laughs) it's like no like you assaulted them (laughs) um Something along those notes, too, that I wrote down. Uh, So in the final gymnastics sequence, you know, beautiful montage over beautiful montage. The Wonderful music. Wonderful music. Are you talking about the floor routine? Yeah, but also, like, everything that's happening there. Okay. That whole final thing. The girl from the other school gets injured. And I know some people, like, care, but also some people don't. And I don't know. Jordan, you might be able to help me out with this one. The two women who are left, they're on the same team, but it just gets personal by that point, right? Like, it's not about representing their schools, it's just about representing themselves. I get it, that's realistic, but it also felt weird in a high school movie to, like, eschew, like... Okay, in a typical high school movie, at least made today, the teammates who don't like each other would rally with each other and, like, oh, just as long as the team wins. In this... They instead knocked out the rival team's person and just made it like teammate versus teammate. So I just thought that was interesting and and very different to how we see things portrayed today. But that's how this the whole movie was like. This was never about their team. This was, I mean, for the coach, I guess maybe it was, but for <laughs> for the gymnast, this was always about like individually winning. And it's just yeah. very rare today to see 
that in a film depicted. You know what it kind of reminded me of is the little knowledge I have of NASCAR, which is basically Days of Thunder and like the Will Ferrell parody. But like in that sport, like there's several people on the same team, you know, so you're almost like, well, what does it matter if we come in first or second, right? Like that's like John C. Riley's whole thing is like, maybe I could come in first every once in a while. And Will Ferrell's like, <laughs> you're hilarious. But like, yeah, ultimately, I guess it, would, it comes down to like inter-team rivalry, which doesn't seem good for like morale in a team, but yet is also very sort of like competition. Like it'll drive you to be very competitive. So I don't know. It seems like a tightrope to walk. I think it's realistic. It's just, again, something I usually don't see in like good-natured high school films. It's just presented so differently. Uh, I don't, I'm not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I, honestly, I don't think we focused enough time on this whole final sequence, whether it be the final floor routine, whether it be the angry stepdad attacking her, which oh is Oh my like... gosh, yeah. Oh, so my problem is, is by the time... There's like, in bad movies, there's often a time where I check out. If I watch them over and over again, I'm like, oh, this is a part <laughs> where I can't do this anymore. And like, this is pretty much, like the like the middle of this competition is where that happens for me. So I'm usually very checked out by the time her dad has drunkenly come back to beat her up in the middle of her gymnastics meet. Fuck yeah, up. The only thing that kind of kept me going in that uh, area was like, I don't understand why it took her so long to get back to the competition. It stresses me out. Yeah. And I think so that's, that's part what... of the reason why I have to check out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then when she's doing, it's more obvious when she's doing the bar routine, but they, you know, that's when it's clear, like, yeah, gymnasts and normal people have very different body types because like they cut between the actress and the athlete. It's like night and day. You know, and I mean, it's part of the charm and like, what else are you going to really do? But Diablo has some of those great moments where she just drops into frame and like does the like the ta-da kind of looks and thing. And it's just so great how it's all chopped together and stuff here. When you see how tiny the their main rival was from the other school, mm-hmm. she's a real gymnast and she is way better than them. Is she the one who falls on her shoulder? Or do you mean yes. somebody else? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it seems like she might have even taken that fall. Like, she would know how to I'm sh- do I that think stunt. She pro- I think she probably did, because if you watch the way that she fall, it's like it was extremely controlled. Yeah, it was almost like if I was watching wrestling, I would think it was cool because, obviously, I know it's a controlled setting. Mm-hmm. But it did look like a little bit phony you know she was like watching she was here. doing like a very hard like a hard sequence of skills and she was like and now i will stop and okay <laughs> exactly. i've let go of the bar <laughs> again if it's something like some kind of like performance even like ballet right like where i'm watching something on stage or dance like i understand what it is and i know i'm watching a movie but i was so into the competition i'm like oh okay she just kind of fell off there so Jordan, the final floor routine, is that up to standard in no, your opinion? No, she does too many tumbling passes. Like, she does at least four tumbling passes. I think there's only four. There's not five. But that is unheard of in that time period. Like, now they do four tumbling passes, but that didn't start until pretty recently. So it's too many tumbling passes. They also repeat one of them. Like, they basically just show the same thing twice for no reason. (laughs) Like, it's fine, whatever. But it's just like, you didn't have to do that. Well, she got the 10 anyway. And she does... (laughs) She does... Her easiest tumbling pass first and her hardest one last, which again is just unheard of. That's not how you do it. 
Oh, that's interesting. I wouldn't have thought about that. Um, so, yeah. So, anything else you guys want to mention? Anything you want to get off your chest? No. Um, I mean, I guess, it's like, the problem is you kind of can't talk about it enough, right? Like, the music's great, and, like, everything is just... It's a perfect storm, this, this movie, you know? It's up there, and... I don't know. I kind of, I, I always liked the idea kind of that it's not that well known, that maybe this is something like Joey Jordan and I kind of discovered, you know, and like for now we can have it, um, you know, so maybe maybe it's best it doesn't blow up for a while and we can enjoy it. I was it. very proud during this quarantine. I've been watching, like hitting play on stuff with friends at the same time. And I was talking to a friend last night and I was like, oh, you know, I have to watch this movie for a podcast. Do you want to hit play on this at the same time as me? And he's like, is that the one where, and I was like, oh shit, I've made you watch this before. (laughs) (laughs) I was so proud. (laughs) That's a great sign. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about right there. (laughs) And we said it before, the rival says, looks like you won. She's like, no, I just got my ass across the falls. The final standings are Robin Crew of the Buffalo Flyers awarded first place and the gold medal. Leah Kilborn, also of Buffalo, in second. And Janet Reese of Fort Erie is third. Looks like you won. No, I just got my ass across the falls. Poetic, beautiful. We get one of those endings where I think Mike, you and I talked about the Karate Kid, where like it ends at the competition, and we just see credits roll over that, right? Like, no, yeah, but I, I, I was like, have you guys? And this is for the whole floor, but like, has anybody ever watched a movie where there's a freeze frame and the movie didn't immediately <laughs> end? Like, there's an extra <laughs> I <caught> shot. <laughs> I caught that. I was like, what? Like, freeze frame supposed to be done in the '80s, and nope, <laughs> they let it linger a little bit longer. <laughs> Um, all right, I guess it's time for the awards, the weekly or bi-weekly now High School Slumber Party Awards. I think this one might be a little bit difficult, but who knows. First is the Wooderson Award, a character who you would like to see more of in the film. Was there anyone Keanu. here like, wow. Yeah, it's Keanu. Is that unanimous, Mike? Tommy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> also, maybe the coach a little bit, though, too. She was interesting. Oh, what if she was Keanu's mom? That would, that would just, <laughs> then we could get more of both of them at the same if, time. I would watch that as a different movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'd take that. Okay, Long Duck Dong Award, a character whose omission would make the film a little bit better. Is there anyone you want to delete from the film? Oh my god, the friend. Carly? No, Keanu's friend. Oh, Keanu's oh, friend. Oh, yeah. Keanu's like 35-year-old friend. <laughs> oh, he might qualify for the next award then. The Cameron Fry Award. Was there anyone who looked too old to play a high schooler? Yeah, I mean, I guess I just said I thought that Keanu's friend looked pretty old to like, me, but I don't know. Probably all of that's... them, really. A lot of them here, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I was thinking about that, right? Like Keanu looks young only because this is so long ago, but at the time, I'm not so sure he was young looking for a teenager, you know? Like, I'm not sure how well he fit he also wasn't a teenager like he was like no he would have been 20 yeah and then like he's yeah i like it's only since i've started like teaching teenagers that i'm like oh wow yeah no they look young yeah that's why jordan you mentioned that rival gymnast that's why it was like really interesting to see her because she didn't look like an actor and especially like an actor they chose here to cast like 20 something year olds as high schoolers which is fine 
you know, because it's weird sometimes when they mix it up. But then you're like, oh, shit. Like, even even the lead here didn't look like someone who was in high school, really. But, you know, it is what it is. I, I think we have a big, big category here for this. Uh, a lot of people nominated for that. But if you want to pick the friend, sure. It, it, <laughs> he can win two awards here. Why not? It's the only awards he'll ever win in his entire life. <laughs> Um, okay, so normally at this point, I talk about the Rotten Tomato scores, what the critics gave it, what the audience gave it, and that's two big fat not availables here. So not enough critical and audience response to give this any ratings, so we'll have to skip over that. But on High School Slumber Party these days, we grade things on an A plus to F minus scale. So report cards, guys, submit them, um, you know. Mike Manzi is the, again, senior in class. Why don't you go first and then so on? <laughs> uh, I, I mean, do you want, like, the, there's, you know, this, there's an actual grade and then there's, like, I guess a teacher's pet grade where I want to give this. But, like, this movie, like, fails, you know, like, it gets an F, like, for reals. But, like, I give it, <laughs> I give it an A. You know what I'm saying? Like, if an I was a. subbing, if I was substitute teacher that day, like, I'm putting this on for the class to watch. Um <laughs> Like, it's so its own thing, you know? And it's hard to say that about, like, a lot of movies and stuff, and especially a lot of bad movies, because I feel like, oh, that's why I like it, because it's, like, doing something only it is doing. But this is this is weird in such a different way. Like, it's almost like how we talk about Mad Libs, the movie, where it's like, let's just take out that sport and put in this sport. But, like, no, you didn't change anything enough for that to make any sense, ultimately. <laughs> So, you know, you know, for all the reasons we were talking about today, I'm going to I'm going to give it my A. But really it fails. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan? All right. I feel like as a as a movie, yes, I give it like a D. <laughs> I think it does okay sometimes at having like a linear narrative structure that it's trying to have. So it's not an F for me. But um yeah, but like personally, I give it like an A minus. A minus, pretty good. Yeah. Godfather, you're next. I have no idea. I literally don't even know where to begin. Like, I feel like letters do not apply to this. <laughs> Fair. I, I watched a couple movies lately where I just don't know how to compare it to anything else, and I feel like this is one of those where it just it is so singularly itself in both good and bad ways, and I don't know that you can apply traditional scoring to it. Like I don't, you almost need to go back to your former scoring scale, like and out of a scale of perfect. I mean, this is a perfect ten. I don't know what that means <laughs> in terms of okay on, on a gymnastic scale. What what do you? It's a ten point I'll, I'll average out the scores ten point oh. So eight. you know, I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, and what does the Yugoslavian judge give it? Let's see. No. Also a ten point oh. <laughs> so so I love though how you couldn't really grade it. But then when you did grade it, you still give it a 10.0. So that that's an A-plus then. Sure. So A-plus, going on record and saying... But I, I just think that it needs to have its own rating scale. Like, I don't think you can compare this to, like, The Way Back or anything like that. Or any no, other that we've talked about, not. you know? Like, yeah. it has to be its own thing. And I totally agree and understand and think it's a great idea that you slid your grading scale to the traditional grading scale. But at the same time, movies like this exist outside of the vacuum of space and time so we'll pretend that this movie doesn't go to a traditional high school but it goes to like a very like liberal a new like age hippie school, dippy, sure. yeah un-schooled. new age school <laughs> <laughs> all right guys sleeping bag what's your flying themed sleeping oh, bag gonna look like uh i guess i'm gonna go with the commemorative pan am sleeping bag you win at the 
gymnastics tournament with the big logo okay. on. <laughs> Side note, because I wanted to talk about this. You just reminded me, Mike. You, you mentioned winning. What is Keanu's <laughs> spiel about like working at, at, at the carnival uh, over the summer, and he's so like depressed because he was scamming people? He's like, oh, I'm not rich, you know? All these cans. Uh, like, I just... I, uh. Give it a try. Give it a try. Three balls for a buck. Knock down the cans and win a prize. You. Yeah, you. Show the little lady how it's done. Come on. Three balls for a buck. Be a man. The cans are specially weighted, you know. It's just a cheat, like everything else. Tommy, Oh, uh, don't you get it? I spent my whole summer working in the carnival, conning people, just so I could get some cash in my pocket. I'm not rich like Mark Sanderson. I wasn't interested in Mark Sanderson for his money. What then? His looks. Oh, I guess I'm just not pretty enough for you. That's not fair. You're fucking right it isn't. I ate that that's shit. That's a great <laughs> monologue. And like but that's what I was saying before is like that's the part where it's like he thinks we've been watching a movie about him and we haven't <laughs> been. I wanna see Carnival uh Carnival Barker Keanu making summer dough. <laughs> like <laughs> I wanna see that movie. Yeah. I'm gonna i I'm gonna suggest that monologue to my actor friends next time they have an audition, just to see how it goes. But <laughs> Yeah, John Harding to do it do it justice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll ask him definitely. So, okay, who is next on the sleeping bag? I guess you or Jordan. I'm gonna say it's like a, just like a really big gold medal, with <laughs> like a bird and like a 10.0 on the other side. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> it also reminds me of the scene where like. Uh, her stepsister is asking her like what she would win. It's yeah. like, oh, there's there's no real money, and the medals aren't made out of gold. Like she's like, what? Like, <laughs> uh, but that's a good sleeping bag. I like it. it's like a classic sleeping bag style. Mm-hmm. How about you, Joey? Obviously, it's a hot dog with a comical amount of toppings on top. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, nice. If there's an ever ever another forum, well, if we could ever all be together again, and there's some kind of forum for this, I want at least one of us, maybe all of us, to eat that hot dog. Ugh. I want to find every ingredient on it and just, you know, that just, just toast to the bl- I don't know why the relish was black, but I don't want any part of that relish. <laughs> Very dark relish. Yeah. All right. So changing this next segment a little bit because we have three mm. guests instead of two or one. Uh, usually it's... You go to Blockbuster, you rent two movies, you get one free. But we're going to rent three movies, get one free. And the the free movie was Flying. So everyone, pick a different movie that you would want to watch at this particular slumber party that we're going to have together. Oh, boy. That's the problem is that it's at this – like, I don't know what to – Recommend. I would like to not go first this round. I'll so go first. I mean, I got one that Brian, you and I have been talking about nonstop, for, not nonstop, but a lot over the last two weeks, and it's the movie Rad. And I think everybody needs to see Rad. And when Rad comes out on 4K from Vinegar Syndrome, I'm going to be back on here. I'm going to be talking to you, Brian, and we're going to be talking about Rad, the greatest movie <laughs> that's ever been made. All right. Equally 1980s. I think, again, 1986. Again, 
athletically inclined, great soundtrack, before they were stars, all that sort of stuff. Wonderful, wonderful. And you've confirmed that that is indeed a high school movie. No, but I, I think it is. No, it definitely is, because he's taking his SATs. Yeah. It's a sports okay. film. I'll tell you that damn much. Okay, it's gotcha. A, it's yeah. a great By the way, you, you don't have to pick a high school movie for this segment. I was just asking. No, I know, for... but I still, like, there's, I could have done the never too old, wait, I keep confusing the John Stamos movie with a Nicholas Winding Refn series. And I, <laughs> yeah, I don't know very which is similar like, titles. Too old to die young, never too young to die, never too and young to die. And then there's a new Bond title, which is yeah. you're not allowed to die. I don't know. <laughs> but I was going to do that one, or you know, but yeah, Rad, Rad's great. Or, awesome. Or yeah. I I pre-ordered my copy. Don't worry. And you know, I know that I only get one, but I also just say Clueless because I decided I was going to do Clueless on every one of these. Uh, it's happening. Do Don't worry. Joey uh, gave me an idea for, for a recommendation, kind of like keeping it in the sports arena, but also moving it out of the high school a little bit further. I know I've talked about this movie. This might be my favorite. I might love this the way Joey loves Rad, but I'm going to have to recommend we're going with Thrashin, starring oh, Thrashin. Uh, Josh Brolin, Thanos himself. I mean, growing up as a skating kid in the 80s, it was like my bible at times like i loved it this was like before gleaming the cube before all that kind of stuff it's like awesome i love it's it. like it a hilarious perfectly. it's like a hilarious like i think it takes place like it's it's la but you know it's all at the beach and on the pier and all that kind of stuff so that's great there's a big downhill race at the end much like um airborne you know so yeah. it's like airborne but skateboarding instead of inline skates awesome jordan so i'm gonna Rent Trapeze, which is a movie from the 50s that equally as poorly shows the sport that it's trying to show. <laughs> Pretty great. Awesome. I, I love that. We, we, we have Flying, Rad, Thrashing, and Trapeze. All those words just like fit together. <laughs> you could put them together to make like a new title for a different movie. I would watch the that. Fl- <laughs> the Flying, Rad, Thrashing, Trapeze. Ooh, I want to be on that team. <laughs> yeah, that is a cool team name. Again, anything else maybe you forgot about this film that you speak now or forever hold your peace for at least the next four years or, or whatever. Again, you could record another episode on this whenever you want, but whatever. If not, plug away. Where can people find you? Yeah, I, I have no more to say about this movie at this moment, but I would like to talk about it again sometime in the future. If you would like out there, you could follow me on Third Time's a Charm, which still comes out every third of the month. Uh, Brian is my unofficial co-host on many episodes, so uh, if you you know if you can't get enough of Brian, go you know find him over on my show from time to time too. But not the last two episodes so far. So the last episode that was out, I think at the time of this, was Friday the Thirteenth Part 3D with my horror consultant Dan Cologne, and before that we put out Back to the Future Three. Uh, so like getting to a lot of uh, sort of more well-known franchises this uh, this year, and so come on over there and check it out. Uh, I just want to say watch this. It's on YouTube. I feel like nobody ever believes me when I tell them that they should watch <laughs> it, and they should. Just like put it on the background when you're like not when you're doing something else. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at JordoPC. You can also listen to my podcast that I co-host with Kara Gail O'Regan. Uh, it's called Wistful Thinking. Uh, we, at this point, are pretty much just following our hearts and watching whatever we want to watch and talking to each other about it. And It's been pretty great, so listen to that. Joey? I feel like I'm on the show enough that if people want to find me, they know where to find me. So I'm not going to go just listen to Too Fast, Too Forever, and that's about it. Joey, you're assuming that I'm not 
bringing in a bunch of super new listeners for this film. This is a big one. You don't expect like a wave of people to come in for this movie. Well, I feel like they would have heard about it on our show too. Like if they're out there searching, if they're scouring the web for flying, they've already found our episode on flying. Fair, fair. That's a good, that's a good call. Well, guys, it was an absolute pleasure. This has been on my bucket list of things to do, and I'm glad I got to A, see this film, and B, talk to all of you about it. I feel like you started as a trio. Maybe I can be your honorary flying partner now. <laughs> and then next time we'll have five, and then six, and then seven, and eventually, you know, 20 people <laughs> talking about this film. I love it. Well, and then we'll be uh, doing conventions. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. Can you all promise me that should you ever meet Keanu Reeves, that you will ask him about this? And I will make the same promise. Let's I promise. promise. Yeah. Okay. I swear on the most topping hot dog you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you so much. Ooh, that episode inspired me so much. But first of all, big thank you to Joey, Jordan, and Mike for hopping on and having a great conversation about this movie flying. Ugh. But I got, like, two ideas from that. One, I definitely want to get our actor friend John Harden to just do that Keanu Reeves monologue. I don't know if he will. He takes his craft very seriously. But, hey, I don't know. I think it's awesome. I'm going to suggest it to him. I will keep you posted on what he says. And the other thing is, like, that Keanu hot dog challenge, with all these, like, uh, quarantine challenges, there's, like, a McDonald's challenge, there's, like, a put a pillow on your naked body challenge, that thing needs to trend. I may need to call an expert, a food expert, if you will, and try to convince him to do this Keanu hot dog challenge. So you want to you wanna stay posted to our social media regarding that. Anyway, wow, flying, awesome film. Let's see, I think I'm going to be on Too Fast, Too Forever this week, or coming up soon. I'm not sure. Check that out. That's Joey's podcast. He mentioned that already. But, you know, twice a week, we still hang out on Fridays. We still have our slumber parties on Fridays, and we have some homework for you. I don't know why I'm using the royal we, but maybe because this is my show, and I control it, and I'm the one who assigns the homework, and your homework for this week is to watch the film the perks of being a wallflower. Dear friend, I haven't really talked to anyone outside of my family all summer, but tomorrow is my first day, and I really want to turn things around this year. You know, they say if you make one friend on your first day, you're doing okay. Hey, freshman toad! Look at him! Come on, hop! Let's do it! If my English teacher is the only friend I make today, that would be sort of depressing. So, Charlie, this is what fun looks like. Welcome to the island of misfit toys. Do you like football? Love it. Be aggressive! What is she doing? Don't worry, she does it all the time. Do you think if people knew how crazy you really were, no one would ever talk to you? Come on, let's go be psychos together. So what are you going to do when you get out of this place? I really want to be a writer, but I don't know what I'd write about. You could write about us. Call it Slut and the Falcon. Make us solve crimes. <laughs> D minus, ladies and gentlemen.
And our guest for The Perks of Being a Wallflower is someone who really loves the film. Actually, she told me she was going to teach a class on this book-slash-film if classes weren't, like, canceled for coronavirus, but whatever. Again, hope you're staying safe out there. But can't wait to have Aislinn on again. This is going to be a really fun one. But remember, guys, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop to look around once in a while, you might miss it. I'll leave you with another song off the flying soundtrack, if you will. <laughs> Later, dudes. It's over. Go home. Go.